1: Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992.
2: Interest accrues from date of purchase but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit renewalbyanderson.com for details.
3: You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
4: Alright, welcome to another live week, another live edition, let's get it started, of Titillating Sports. I am your humble host, Rick Tittle, coming to you from my humble abode here on the Oakland side of the bay. It's the pandemic. And uh, Dominic, on the other side of the bay in our studios where I would normally be, where I think I last was in March. But um, we're here to talk sports with you wherever we are. We're going to talk sports with you on Sports Byland. We've been doing it since the 80s. And we continue on. And we'd love to have you be a part of the show if you see fit. That's the beauty of this show is I'm so beautiful. No, is that you can get in. It's Sports Talk. That's the way it's supposed to be. So come on in. 1-800-878-PLAY. one 800 878 What's that? 1-800-878-7529. A uh, big shout to our brave men and women listening uh, in our military right now, especially these days. I'm sure it's weird where you take a pledge to support the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and yet the Commander-in-Chief is one of those enemies. I'm sure it's hard for you when it comes to the chain of command. So as I said, it's a confusing time for some of you, and I appreciate all that you do getting through this as well extra hard in the military so appreciate you we're on the tune in app we're also on the iHeartRadio app we're on the Stitcher app we stream through our website sportsbyline.com go there click listen live any emails there um rick at sportsbyline.com <clears throat> send those along and how about your television sets what about them well if you have cable you probably have CRN digital plus two for 24-7 on cable radio news uh, channel two so go on there um also, uh, Mike Rowe is going to join us from the Discovery Channel once again. also have Major League Baseball umpire Phil Cousy and some other fantastic guests. So we'll do it in three hours, and you come on in and participate. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
5: Whether class is in school, at home, or a little bit of both, school goes on.
6: And Staples has everything you need to start the year right.
5: From lap desks to notebooks, noise-canceling headphones to UV sanitizers.
6: And all at amazing prices. This week, pocket folders, comp books, and 4-ounce Elmer's glue are just 25 cents each.
5: Shop in-store or pick up
6: curbside. School on, save on. At Staples. Ends 919. In-store only. Limit 6. While supplies last. Curbside available in most stores
7: I was looking for a better way to check in on our
8: house while I was at work, and a friend recommended Blink. I was skeptical, but decided to give it a shot, and I bought a Blink camera system. With our last security system...
9: False alarms, wires everywhere, and monthly fees we couldn't get out of.
8: My bad, but our Blink system is different. They're motion-activated cameras that work inside and outside. They're wire-free, easy to set up, and they run on two lithium batteries that last up to two years.
9: Total peace of mind, and Blink camera systems start at under 80 bucks with no subscriptions.
8: We were on vacation and I got an alert on my smartphone that motion was detected at our front door. I checked my Blink app and I saw it was just my cool new device
7: being delivered.
9: Hey, we agreed no new devices except Blink.
7: Just kidding. Not kidding. With Blink camera systems starting under eighty bucks, home security just got easier. Go to blinkprotect.com slash secure. Blinkprotect.com slash secure. Blinkprotect.com slash secure. Blink is an Amazon company and it works with Alexa.
5: What's in store this week at Staples?
6: Restocking those school supplies.
5: Whether class is in school, at home, or a little bit of both, school goes on.
6: And Staples has everything your student needs, like notebooks, folders, and lap desks at amazing prices.
5: This week, Staples two-pocket poly folders are just 50 cents each, and four-ounce Elmer School Glue is just 75 cents each.
6: Shop in-store or pick up curbside. Restock for school and save at Staples. Ends $1, 16 21 while supplies last. Curbside available in most stores.
10: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a key. So handsome. He's a genius.
4: Hey, thank you for that. And. Welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us, wherever you are listening, coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Da, 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 we've got you on America's. But wait, that's wrong. So we have our uh, matchups in the uh, the final eight, or I should say, we had a couple teams with buys. <laughs> But uh, more or less, this is what we're looking at now, is the final eight. Saturday, uh, the first game will be Rams at Green Bay. Uh, And then the second game, the night game, will be Baltimore at Buffalo. We have all week to break those down as we do the Sunday games, which I think both of those games are more interesting. Cleveland at Kansas City will be the lunchtime affair. And then late afternoon. West Coast, 340, Tampa Bay at New Orleans, a matchup between two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks and uh, statistically two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Brady and Breeze, and uh, a matchup that Drew Breeze said uh, was inevitable, which I think is uh, very interesting. We also have the national championship tonight. And... We'll break that down as well. Mike Rowe from the Discovery Channel, he'll join us um, in about 25 minutes. We also have Lance Oppenheimer. I don't know if he has anything to do with the Manhattan Project, but he did direct a movie called Some Kind of Heaven. Phil Cousy will join us at 1025. And then uh, comedian slash actress Arden Mirren, who you would recognize, I believe. She's part of Festpocalypse. She's going to be my one guest on the 11 o'clock hour. So feel free to get in and get heard, whatever you're talking about. We had six, count them, six playoff games <clears throat> over the weekend. And I don't think we need to break each and every one down uh, in a fantastically huge way. But I'll tell you this about the, um, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills um, won a uh, playoff game, uh, and if you think about it, its 0-6 postseason skid, uh, that was the first win they've had since December 30th, 1995. That isn't the longest skid uh, of in the league. Since Cleveland won their first since '94, but it was a very hard-fought victory over a resilient Colts team that would not quit, 27-24. And uh, both quarterbacks did very well. They both threw two touchdown passes with zero interceptions. Um, I think the big difference in this was Buffalo had zero running game. Their leading rusher was their quarterback, Josh Allen, for 54 yards. Uh, Meanwhile, the Colts had two running backs, Taylor and Hines, who both, Went for at least 75 yards. The The difference in this game really was a guy, once again, I mean, the defense stepped up, but offensively, it's a guy named Diggs that they traded a uh, first-round pick to Minnesota to get this guy. And he has been <clears throat> vive la différence. But this is something to remember, I think, about this game. The Colts became the first team in playoff history to do something That they did not want to do. (laughs) And what is that? The Colts became the first team in the history of the playoffs to lose after having zero turnovers and getting at least 450 yards of total offense. That exact situation had happened 11 times before. Zero turnovers and 450 yards. And those teams were 11-0. The crazy part is that not one of those other teams was even close. Those 11 wins, those teams averaged uh, wins by over 21 points, (laughs) three touchdowns. So how do you become the first team in NFL history to lose in a situation like that? Well, for the better part of the first three quarters, the Colts moved the ball up and down the field, but they couldn't end their drive. With any points sometimes. The Colts had a total of seven offensive possessions where they made it into Bill's territory, but came away with zero points. And that's what ended up being the difference. Two of those drives ended when Frank Reich, Frank Reich decided to uh, punt in Bill's territory, including the opening possession Um when uh, they did it at the Bills uh, 40, which I don't have a problem with because everybody always wants to go for it on fourth down, and those are always the idiots. Now there are some people who say, well, Rick, actually, statistically, no, I don't agree with you. If, if you're at the 40, I think once you get inside the 40, that's the magic line of it's too far for a field goal, but it's too close to punt. You're in the first quarter. Just pun it. Uh, but then in another possession, Reich decided to go for it on fourth and goal from the four-yard line, <clears throat> which was boneheaded beyond belief. And Rivers threw an incomplete pass. And if they kicked a field goal, obviously the game would have at least gone to overtime had the score stayed the same. They lost by three. But the Colts, you might say their biggest mistake on that drive came when they tried to run... A pitch play from third and goal on the one yard line that went for a three yard loss and <clears throat> that was also huge I don't like plays on the one inch line that go backwards to start it's like how many times in the history of football has a hitch pass ever gotten more than one or two yards they almost always lose three to six yards <laughs> But the other two drives that ended up in Buffalo Territory without one score, one was at the end of the game, and it was long pass from Rivers. Hail Mary variety, right? The other one um, was a missed chip shot by Rodrigo Blankenship. And that was from the 23-yard line. So a 33-yard kick, that's closer than an extra point. And that's five drives where the Colts totaled exactly 200 yards and came in with zero points, and that's how you end up making ugly history. So, ugly history, Neanderthal times. Before this year, the team with the highest yardage total and zero turnovers and a playoff loss was the 1968 Oakland Raiders, who put up 443 yards against the Jets, and they lost to the Jets, and then the Jets won. Super Bowl three, another New York team got off the schneid. Now can they do it? But these I know some people say, hey, it's good for the league when this team does this or that team does that. I always am a little bit wary of the old it's good for the league when sort of blank statement like that, because, you know, my whole life, all I've heard was, oh, it's good for baseball when the Yankees are good. It's good for baseball. Is it really? Why is it good for baseball? No, it's, it's good for Yankee fans. Now, yes, the Yankees are a team with 27 world championships, and they are the most successful team in North American sports, and they are iconic and have had the biggest stars of any professional sports team. But is, does baseball suck when it's all about the Padres? I don't think so. I don't think baseball sucks when the Padres are fun. I think it sucks for Yankee fans when the Padres are fun. By the way, the Yankees are very, very good. We know that. But it's just these little catchphrases. But I will say, seeing Buffalo get through, and we'll talk about Cleveland on the other side, seeing Cleveland get through, it makes it a little more interesting, doesn't it? Just a little bit. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on SportsBot. Es wird nie was anderes geben. In diesem Land habe ich Treue
11: geschworen, bin geboren in der Pfalz. Ich lieb dich nun mal, jeden Berg, jedes Tag, Heimatland, du mein schönes Pfälzerland.
12: and you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equals healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
13: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized,
1: That's 800-403-5912. If you or a
14: loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. I'm not insightful enough to be a movie
4: critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
9: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
4: Oh, well, well, well. You better get in line, girl. Welcome to the show. <clears throat> Looks like somebody has a case of the Mondays. Pretty sure I'd get your butt kicked right away. The Cleveland Browns. Wow. Went to Heinz Field and they got her done. 48 to 37. Woo! Baker Mayfield, great game. Three touchdown passes, zero picks. Ben Roethlisberger also threw four touchdown passes. He threw for 501 yards and four picks. But this game, <clears throat> I don't want to say it was over after the first quarter, but what's the best possible scenario for a first quarter you would say, geez, three, four touchdowns? Am I being too greedy to ask for four? No, not really. It was 28 to nothing. The f- you talk about tone setting. The first play of the game, Marquise Pouncey hikes it into the end zone, and the former Raider first-round pick Carl Joseph falls on it, and it's 7-0. <clears throat> that, that's the first play of the game. But here's the thing. The Steelers kept sneaking back the Browns in the second half, even though it was at the half, it was 34 to, or 35 to 10 at the half. Here they come. Browns three and out, three and out. And I'm like, uh uh-oh, Cleveland gonna Cleveland. No, not so much. And if I had told you the Steelers would rack up 553 total yards at Heinz Field, would you have think they had won? Mm, Yeah. No. And it was mostly because the Browns got into a mode where it was Ben don't break and uh, Ben don't break for the Steelers, and they did break. And the Cleveland defense, uh, as I said, they gave up all those yards through the air. The leading rusher for Pittsburgh was John Connor. They only had 52 yards rushing as a team. Now, as I said, they got down so much, they had to basically throw the running game off the side of the battleship so <clears throat> listen um, they didn't really practice because of COVID this week did the Browns they didn't have their head coach who cares that's all you need and Baker Mayfield said we believe in the people in the room no matter what's going on we knew that everybody was counting us out there was no extra pressure or anything no one believed in us besides us well This was, as I mentioned, the first postseason victory of any kind. Um, Three months, the last time they won was three months before Baker Mayfield was even born. This is their first playoff win on the road since the 60s. Now, it got close, December 28th, 1969. (laughs) Think about that. Their first road playoff win since the 60s. And I think the cool thing. For the special teams coach, Mike Prefer, who wore the headset and made the big decisions, at least we think. I'm sure he had a little birdie in his ear or two. He said, I grew up a Browns fan, so I know what this means. And Cle- we, we talked about this on Friday. Cleveland had lost 17 straight at Heinz Field. And they were, I think, 6-44, and 44, counting three rivers, the last 50 trips. To Pittsburgh Roethlisberger after the game was asked you know first of all about retirement because he's been saying that for what five six years he said that's not a topic for tonight but he did say about the game I don't have any magical answers we just didn't put it together tonight the glaring issues is we turn the ball over issues is sounds like McGuire Congress mr. McGuire what would you tell children about the use steroids. I would say that steroids is bad. So the NFL, uh, when you look at the stats, who has the, the great defenses? Well, the Steelers have the third best defense in football. They led the NFL in sacks. Remember, they led the NFL in sacks, and they could not get to Mayfield, despite a bit of a patchwork line. The 48 points were the most Pittsburgh has ever given up. In their playoff history. And as I said, by the time the Steelers buckled up their helmets on the correct holes. And believe me, I've been there. I got my bell rung so much that I put my snap on the wrong one. And people are like, "Uh, you got your helmet snapped on wrong? Once they got their helmet strapped on wrong, they were down 28-0. And that was it. And so, uh, Miles Garrett um, said, where are the Cleveland Browns? Same old Cleveland Browns a little wink. Right? So, I mean, you think about Jack Conklin. He was supposed to not play because of a quote-unquote illness on Friday. So he did play. But then he did his hamstring in the first half. Probably because he didn't practice. And then you think about Petonio, who was out. They brought in this guy, Michael Dunn. And then he did his calf in the fourth quarter. So... It's pretty amazing what this has been. And I got to say, the Steelers have some questions. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster's a free agent, um, linebacker Bud Dupree. And then we'll see if Roethlisberger wants to come back for an 18th season. He's 38. Juju Smith-Schuster, before the game, he ran his mouth just a little bit. (laughs) And uh, there was some old bulletin board material, and we talked about it on Friday. He said the Cleveland team is the same team he's played every year, just nameless gray faces. Huh? How university of sports children is that? And I didn't think that was anything more than just, you know, as I said when I talked to Derek Jeter about Tyson Ross. Never heard of him. You didn't study him. No scouting report. Seaball, hitball. It's racist to gray people. Who are gray people? But, after the game, there were some epic post-game celebrations that Baker Mayfield and others had. I'll get to that in a second, but um, Smith-Schuster stood his ground. He said, I don't regret what I said. I said, the Browns is the Browns. Uh Aha, see, Miles Garrett. They came out and played a hell of a game. There have been games where we feel we lose them, and today wasn't our night. Hopefully, the same Browns will show up next week against the same opponent and go out and do the same thing they did tonight and have a hell of a game. Oh, that's nice. But uh, as for free agency, Smith-Suster says that uh, he wants to stay with the Steelers. He says, I don't want to have to go to a different organization and change the ways and how I am. I love the game of football, and I would love to be a Steeler again. Oh, that's nice. But, as I mentioned, not just Miles Garrett's little comment there. Oh, the Browns is the Browns. And, by the way, <clears throat> Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, you don't have to look in the mirror as people who failed. This is a guy who had 13 receptions and had 157 yards. Oh, and a touchdown. So he was fantastic. But it's a team sport, and his team did not get the last, last laugh. And so you think about the Browns that wanted to poke fun at him, Mayfield, Hunt, Landry. I mean, Juju has been a steady presence in the headlines. He was with the whole Antonio Brown thing, even though Antonio Brown attacked him out of jealousy because Smith-Schuster was chosen as the chosen one, and Smith-Schuster's better than Antonio Brown at this point in his career. But um, this is a guy in Smith-Schuster that got the Bengals. Mad at him as well because he did a pregame dance routine on the uh, midfield logo in Cincinnati before the kickoff. And then, um, of course, you know, the old Browns is the Browns, nameless gray faces, blah, blah, blah. So um, Baker Mayfield seeing running into the locker room on CBS after the game. Screaming, the Browns is the Browns, the Browns is the Browns. And in the locker room, things got even a little more funny. Jarvis Landry, who had a really nice game as well, he did the exact same dance in the locker room that uh, (laughs) Smith-Schuster did in Cincinnati. And uh, they were rocking out the Corvette-Corvette which is the song that they were playing at the time. And Kareem Hunt seems to take another uh, little jab at him as well with the little dance. That's always fun. And you got to, you know, I'll say what Smith Schuster handled it like a man. the worst ever was when um, the Patriots beat the Chargers who had home field in the AFC playoffs once. And they, after the game, some Patriots were doing the Sean Merriman lights out dance and, LaDainian Thomason ran over with tears streaming from his eyes saying, you can't disrespect us like that. Like, uh, your guy did it all year and now we're doing it to you and you can't take it? Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of LT uh, when it comes to that type of stuff. But anyway, uh, the mockery is all in Cleveland and in a morbid sense, I kind of wanted to see Cleveland choke, which is kind of mean to say, but deep down I wanted Pittsburgh to lose, but Yeah, it kind of sucks when your team's not in the playoffs, but they have no one to blame but themselves. Mike Rowe on the other side. Come on back.
2: And now, a page from the Diary of Flow.
15: Dear Diary, I got the brush off again. I don't get it. Is there something wrong with the way I wave? Elbow wrist, elbow wrist. Why won't that little basset hound acknowledge me? I'm friendly. I give everyone peace of mind when I protect their homes through Progressive. He should be jumping for joy when I walk by.
2: Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive.
15: Maybe it's me. No, it's him.
2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Do you own a
16: timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you no longer can afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to timeshare exit, call 800-500-1987. That's 800-500-1987. Why pay for something you aren't even using? Give us a call at 800-500-1987 or visit newtonexit.com today.
0: Are you looking for great sports memorabilia with the fastest shipping in the industry? Check out auctionofchampions.com. The fastest growing sports memorabilia auction house in the country, Auction of Champions has a huge variety of PSA 10-graded rookie cards, the largest selection of Fanatics-licensed jerseys, and the best customer service in the business. With all items authenticated by third-party companies like JSA and Beckett, you'll love Auction of Champions. Check out auctionofchampions.com.
9: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
4: Uh, Thank you for that. And it's kind of interesting you say that when you think about things that are uh, connected and sometimes we don't know about it because uh, it's great to welcome back to the show once again our friend Mike Rowe. And uh, he has a a brand new show which uh, just debuted last Monday on uh, Discovery's new streaming service, Discovery Plus, and it's called Six Degrees with uh mike Rowe, mike uh, welcome back to the show uh before we get into that the last time we talked i remember you guys were getting into a van and were quarantining your own bubble and driving all around the country how did that go for you
17: it's so weird man on the one hand it feels like i did that yesterday on the other hand it feels like i did that about 10 years ago um just trapped in this space time ripping the universe of COVID, but it went great. I mean, I think that happened in July, got the old dirty jobs crew together, rented a Winnebago <laughs> and drove down the coast as we, uh, just caught up and reminisced and looked back at all our misadventures in animal husbandry and various forays into feces from every species. It was awesome.
4: <laughs> I like that rhyme. Uh, anybody make any jokes about the, I'm sure the, uh, Breaking Bad meth lab you were driving in?
17: Well, it's no joke, Rick. Uh, We got three days in and thought, you know what? Maybe meth is the new direction (laughs) uh, for this program. And so ever since, my career has taken a new and exciting turn.
4: (laughs) All right, Captain Cook. Uh, Let's talk about Six Degrees with Mike Rowe, because I think this is a really interesting idea for a show. And it's also, to me, what I think is cool about it, it's, it's a bit nebulous. How would you explain it?
17: Well, it's a history show for people who normally wouldn't watch a history show. It's not, it's not as boozy as drunk history, but it's just (laughs) as irreverent because we don't really take anything too seriously. It's kind of like the old parlor game, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, each hour I get to try and connect two seemingly disparate points. Um, How a horseshoe can find your soulmate, how a sheep can do your taxes, um, how a hungry Civil War soldier invented Google, basically. And um, (laughs) we throw everything at our disposal at the screen. Obviously, they're recreations, but they're done with like community theater actors who have dubious costumes and nobody tries too hard to, to get everything exactly perfect. We use puppets and animation and all kinds of archival stuff, and we start to build a link that will inexorably take you from point A to point B in an admittedly crooked line, but an interesting one to journey nevertheless. How many of those
4: did you participate in and think, wow, that is really a stretch, and then how many of them blew your mind where you're like, wow, that's actually a real thing, and that's the reason we have that?
17: It's about half and half. Um, We take a fair amount of license, and we take some pretty big leaps, but the degrees are all legit, and the connections are all real. And, you know, if you were to take a look at all of the facts that come out of an average episode and put it together into a curriculum, it would be packed with information. A lot of pretty cool water cooler moments and a lot of stuff that, you know, you would expect to learn in a history class. But when you jam it all together into this, hot mess of circuitousness, then it turns into a really different kind of show. We did a thing on Dirty Jobs that, that really transformed the series and saved my career. Actually, we, we took something called a truth cam, which is really just a behind-the-scenes camera, and documented the making of the show. So part of what I wanted to do with this was the same thing. I mean, what does it look like to show the viewer what it looks like To make a show like this, I I hadn't seen anybody do that before, and so it's fun. You know, you're a fly on the wall for these episodes, and once again, you get to see how the sausage is made. Couple more questions from Micro
4: Discovery Plus Six Degrees with Micro. The the question is, where did you come up with the ideas? Was there one writing staff? To me, this seems like these ideas could have come from from your whole staff in a way.
17: Well, I wrote most of them. Um, We had some people together, obviously, that we were constantly bouncing ideas off of. But the show was originally called The Way I Heard It, which is the title of my podcast. And it was supposed to be a half hour. I was just using stories that I had written on the podcast and and trying to bring them to life. And we did that uh, the summer before. And they looked pretty great. Um, but the more I looked at them, the more I thought, you know, this, this could be an hour show. And if it, and if it was an hour, how much more would it cost and what would it look like? And so we started to shoot and then COVID came and now suddenly, you know, I I didn't have a half hour show or an hour show. I just had one more thing to deal with in this pandemic. But after I went on the road trip with the dirty jobs guys, I went back to Georgia and spent two weeks shooting with green screens and reenactors and everybody getting COVID tests every 20 minutes. It was a bloodbath, but, uh, but we got it done. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's not dirty job. It's, it's actually not like anything i would worked on before the idea to answer your question. I stole from a guy named James Burke who used to host a terrific show back in the seventies called connections so it's the same kind of thing, except it's not on such a uh, a precious scale. This feels like a couple of buddies sat down, drank some bourbon, challenged each other to make these connections, and then uh, put a show together.
4: Very cool. One more question for you. I know you got to run. What's a, and I know you're a humble guy, but you know I understand how the business works, and they put your name. Uh, in the show because it has a lot of cachet and a lot of people, you know, we always say in broadcasting the the likability factor, you're very well liked. So what's it like when you sort of have a fan base, whereas you could basically put anything before your name, like baseball card collecting or digging a ditch with, if it's Mike Rowe, people are going to be saying, oh, it's Mike Rowe, you know, it's solid. I mean, that's pretty cool that you've gotten to that place in your career.
17: You know, it's some pretty tall cotton, I admit. And I didn't, I didn't really see it that way because the industry is a a weird prism to look into and through until I got on Facebook. And one day I woke up and I had 6 million people on my Facebook page. And, um, you know, there's some challenges with that platform for sure. But for me, going to 6 million people every day and using them, both as an audience, but also as a focus group, you know, it's it's the place I go with everything first. And the truth is, uh, from Dirty Jobs until today, every everything I do on TV is in some way, shape, or form inspired or programmed by the people on that page. So, yeah, I mean, it is a uh, it's a pretty cool thing. But in the end, having your name in the title of a show is just a reminder that. You don't really work for Discovery, or CNN, or Fox, or History Channel, or whoever pays you. You actually work for the people who who watch you. <laughs> and in my case, uh, the people who tell me when I'm good and when I'm lousy on Facebook. Well, I don't know about Facebook,
4: but on TV, Micro pretty much is batting a thousand, and the new show is Six Degrees with Micro, and of course Discovery Plus. Make sure to check that out. That's Discovery Streaming Service. That's going to be a a big hit, as will this show. Mike, thanks for your time, man. Congratulations, and uh, looking forward to catching up with you soon, man.
17: Rick, your amount of wealth and taste, as always. I appreciate it. All right.
4: Thank you very much. Um, taste, maybe. I don't know about wealth, but uh, thank you for that. 1-800-878-PLAY to uh, get in. 1-800-878-7529. Uh, We definitely are going to be getting into the uh, national championship. But uh, let's talk about uh, uh, that uh, one other game that uh, went down, as the kids would say. And uh, that was the very surprising, uh, I thought, Rams uh, victory over the Seahawks in Seattle, 30 to 20. That was one that I got wrong. I dare to say you did as well. Uh, That Russell Wilson uh, pick-six that he threw to a guy that had uh, intercepted him twice during the regular season, Uh, this guy Williams taking it to the house, and just Darius Williams, I mean, just absolutely just jumping in front of him. You think about Sean McVay coaching a team that uh, had a guy named Wolford start the game. Who? Wolford. And he was... Went head first. He got a shoulder pad right in his head. He got a little bit of a stinger. Those are I can tell you right now, those stingers are not fun. Off on an ambulance. And Jared Goff, who had his thumb operated on, uh, wasn't fantastic. Nine for 19, but no picks and a touchdown pass. But you just think about that, uh, that defense that the Rams have. And even though they lost Aaron Donald in the game, but still, they... Held Seattle to under 300 yards, which is uh, pretty amazing um, in that building. But the story of the game, if you want to just look at it, like what jumps out at you and what jumps out at you is the kid Cam Akers. Cam Akers, the rookie out of Florida State, had 176 yards total offense, but most of it on the ground, 28 carries for 131 yards which is something that anyone uh, would like to see. But uh, Pete Carroll, who, what did he say? There's There was no room in my head for this loss. You know, he just said, I thought for sure we would be moving on. Well, I remember that's what Bob Melvin said, too, uh, in a wild card game. He just, it's not going to work. Jared Goff said, we come up here and all week we were told how good they are and how we just snuck into the playoffs. Two weeks ago, you saw them smoking cigars and getting all excited about beating us and winning the division, and we were able to come up here and beat them. That's about as much uh, smack talk as the kid from Novato is ever going to do. Sean McVay, as I said, who coached a masterpiece, said, quote, we're excited about competing to go see who we play next, to see if we can keep this thing rolling. Well, uh, Seattle on third down. That was really the story. How was the third down conversion? Two and 14. Or I should say two for 14. That's uh, how you say, how you say, not good. And by the way, the Rams, they said that'll be the first game. Where do they get to go? They get to go to Lambeau. You thought Seattle was cold. Oh, here's the uh, quote. I told these guys I have no place in my brain for this outcome. That was uh, (laughs) Pete Carroll. But uh, I don't know. I was—I uh, don't like the Rams, but I'll always hate the Seahawks because of their days in the AFC West. Always, always will hate them. So I'm fine with it. Rick, I lost $20! Alright, come on back on Sports Bylet.
11: Oh, yeah! Ooh. The big stuff! Love. now because you wear all those fancy clothes oh, yeah. and have a big fine car. oh yes, you
1: do now. here's an important covid19 school system update for your local area if you're concerned about your child's education please pay close attention to this message the current school systems were not set up for at-home learning If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800 693 8290. 800 693 8290. 800 693 8290. That's 800 693 8290. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt, call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice.
18: Call Quit Drugs
1: 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
20: You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you, I you very would, much Don't that.
21: interrupt me, please. Thank you.
22: <laughs> what did I just say?
9: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had
4: happened. This is what had happened. Thank you very much, and uh, welcome back to the show. A couple minutes left. Uh, we still got a couple more hours to go. Phil Cousy, a uh, Major League Baseball umpire, will join us in the third or the second hour, I should say. Um, over, uh, well, it was yesterday, I see, over the weekend. Uh, My team, Tottenham Hotspur, played in the FA Cup against Marine AFC, which is in Crosby, which is in Liverpool. And uh, Tottenham beat them at their ground, which they are a non-league team. They practice two days a week. There is a car salesman on the team. There's a bin man, or as you would say, garbage man. The stadium, tenant stadium, the sides of the stadium are actually people's gardens, or we would say backyards. Uh, it was the biggest disparity in the history of the FA Cup for uh, places, Tottenham 161 places above. Um, they won. Tottenham did win 5 to nothing. It had me a little bit worried, especially when <laughs> it was 0-0 and a shot hit the crossbar from Marine. But it's the beauty of the FA Cup. It's the oldest cup competition in the world. This is a non-league team. It's open to—and they had to win seven games just to get there. Tottenham gave them a boatload of cash to help them out. Apparently, it's going to keep the club afloat for the next 30 years. So the best thing, think about that, the best thing that ever happened to you was losing a game 5 to nothing. But uh, once again, it was really cool to see everybody playing on that ground and people just sitting in their backyards holding a beer watching the game. Very good stuff. Love the FA Cup. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
11: USA Radio
18: News with Lance
23: Pride. Instead of addressing the issue why tens of millions of Americans are furious with Washington lawmakers, the status quo rolls on in D.C. as Democrats move to impeach or call for the 25th Amendment to remove President Trump nine days before his term ends. The Rasmussen poll, one of the most accurate polls of the 2020 election, finds President Trump's approval rating soared to 51% after Wednesday's melee at the Capitol building. The new $900 billion stimulus legislation sets Friday as the cutoff date to send the $600 payments to you. If you don't receive your full second stimulus check, you will need to claim it when you file your federal tax returns this year as a recovery rebate credit. As President Trump was banned from Twitter, the Ayatollah of Iran continues to rant on Twitter he wants Americans dead. And surprisingly, Twitter is okay with that. Rush Limbaugh, the conservative talk show host, deactivated his own Twitter account in solidarity. USA Radio News
24: balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time
25: i had begun to notice after 10 days with balance of nature i felt better more energetic and believe me for me that's something because i have energy anyway but as old as i am that was really something to start really noticing you know we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a
24: wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA.
23: Is social media app Parler really a threat to the security of America or is it Big Tech's way of eliminating competition? USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott has more.
21: The alternative social media network is taking a big hit as Amazon, Google, Apple and a list of others have severed ties with the app. Parlor CEO John Mates tells Fox News it's devastating. It's an assault on everybody. I mean, they they all work together to make sure at the same time we would lose access to not only our
20: apps, but they're actually shutting all of our servers off.
21: Congressman Devin Nunes of California tells Fox this must be investigated. This is clearly a violation of
10: antitrust, civil rights, the RICO statute. There should be a racketeering
21: investigation on all the people that coordinated this attack. Harlow says they will rebuild from scratch, but that could take as long as a week. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. We are USA Radio News.
23: We can expect gasoline prices to inch their way up this week. USA Radio News' John Clemens has more.
26: Patrick DeHaan of GasBuddy.com tells us as more and more Americans express confidence in the COVID-19 vaccine, they're back on the road, increasing demand.
10: Average gas prices across the U.S. have increased 7 cents per gallon over the last week, with the national average currently standing at 232 per gallon, a
26: new COVID-19 high. Despite being 27 cents lower than last year at this time, the average price is expected to increase later this week. Average prices
10: across the U.S. may increase several cents per gallon yet again this week as prices move
26: to their highest level since last March. With USA Radio Network, I'm John Clemens.
23: Super Wild Card Weekend and the National Football League has some surprises. USA Radio News Dan Naraki reports.
22: The wild card round of the NFL playoffs wrapped up Sunday with the Baltimore Ravens taking out the Tennessee Titans 20-13. In the NFC, the second seeded New Orleans Saints handled the Chicago Bears 21-9 to move on. And the Cleveland Browns won their first playoff game since 1994, knocking off the Pittsburgh Steelers 48-37. The divisional round is now set for next weekend. On Saturday, the top seed in the NFC, Green Bay Packers, will host the LA Rams. Then the Baltimore Ravens will hit the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. On Sunday, the Cleveland Browns head to the AFC's top seed. They can Kansas City Chiefs, and Tom Brady faces off with Drew Brees as the New Orleans Saints take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Rocky
23: For USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
0: Now is a great time to replace your worn out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-year savings event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free, installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer.
1: 800-413-6992, 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992.
2: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details.
27: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine.
20: Rick Tittle brings home the bacon. Fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
4: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. You know, it's kind of cool. I was talking about that game that Tottenham played against Marine AFC. And um, after the game, you know, you're not allowed to exchange jerseys anymore because of COVID. I guess the sweat is too filthy. But uh, Tottenham uh, not only um, bought uh, a bunch of virtual tickets, as I said, to give them many, many um, thousand pounds to keep the club going, Um, but also they exchanged jerseys, and, you know, one guy from uh, Marine tweeted out can't believe I got to play with these guys you don't understand how good they are until you're playing them and maybe I could get a signed shirt one sent that to Sergio Reguion. Um this guy James Divine tweeted out how unbelievable it was to get Meg by Dele Alley and now his profile picture is him it's actually a Getty Images but it's a his profile picture is him standing next to Dele Alley at a corner and why wouldn't it be? You know, I mean, Deli Alli might be on his move to Paris Saint-Germain to rejoin Bricio Pocacchino there, but this is a guy, you know, Deli Alli uh, not only played for England, he scored a goal in a World Cup. I mean, think about the players they're playing against. They're, they're, the Asian footballer of the year, three years running and sitting on the bench. You have a guy who played in the World Cup for France, another one who played for Belgium, uh... It's just, uh, you know, you had the England captain didn't make the trip, <laughs> nor did the French captain. But uh, you have the former England goalie you're playing against and Joe Hart. And so, yeah, if I was standing in, uh, next to a corner against Dele Alley, i would probably be my uh, uh, profile picture as well. But that to me is, like I said, the beauty of the FA Cup. The real beauty would have been if Tottenham had lost, but that wouldn't have been beautiful for me. The rest of the world would have loved that. I would have hated it. I probably wouldn't be able to speak today, I'd be so mad. But they we the universe fell into line. Actually the talent fell into line. But uh, anyway, great great experience and the draw is tonight after West Ham plays. Alright, we got another two hours together with some fascinating guests. Lance Oppenheimer's on the other side of the director of some kind of heaven. Talk to him next. Come on back.
16: Do you own a timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you no longer can afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to timeshare exit, call 800-500-1987. That's 800-500-1987. Why pay for something you aren't even using? Give us a call at 800-500-1987 or visit newtonexit.com today.
17: Rates have dropped to near all-time lows at ClearPath Lending. Rates are as low as 1.75% on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, 1.986% APR. Call ClearPath Lending, 844-800-3205. Loan officers are standing by. ClearPath Lending at 844 800 3205.
15: Loans not available in all states. 1.75% rate, 1.986% APR. Subject to 800 minimum FICO score and includes up to two discount points. Other restrictions apply. Call 888 855 6361 or visit clearpathlending.com for details about credit costs, terms, and license information. ClearPath Lending Incorporated. 15615 Alton Parkway. Suite 300 Irvine, California 92618. NMLS ID number 936436. Loans made or arranged pursuant to a California financing law. License number 603-J783 in California. Equal housing opportunity lender.
17: Call now and save thousands. 800
1: 800-472-5145.
4: All right, check me out. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. And a correction, I said Lance Oppenheimer. My my show rundown says that's how he spells his name. I think that person was thinking of the Manhattan Project. His name is Lance Oppenheim. His movie from Magnolia Pictures is called Some Kind of Heaven, and uh, it's going to be opening in four days on the 15th at Cinema SF Virtual Screening Room in Rialto Cinema, Cinema's Elmwood Virtual Cinema and on demand as well. Lance, sorry about the surname. We've got it down now. Um, Let's talk about this project, because this has to do with a place called The Villages, which I had never heard of. It's in Florida. I know a lot of retirees go to Florida, but this is something that people talked about as the Disneyland for retirees. How did you first hear about it, and what gave the idea for a, a doc on it?
20: Well, first off, thank you so much for, for having me on the show, and uh, I appreciate the name correction. I am indeed not related to a, a man <laughs> of uh, atomic bomb origins. Um, I, uh, I, but yeah, this, you know, the villages is, is, a, is a fascinating place. Um, it's been in the news quite a lot as of late due to a lot of its uh, political leanings. It's very conservative. Um, to me, the reason I was interested in making this film is that uh, this is a a Truman show in real life, is how I saw it. This is a a world that is filled of utopian promise. It's designed to look like the 1950s and the 1960s. It has its own newspaper that's run by the developers. It has its own radio station that only plays from the 50s and the 60s. Um, And uh, to me, I was just fascinated that 130,000 people uh, we're moving from all to basically isolate themselves inside of this, uh, you know, perfect picture, you know, manicured fantasy land. And that was the way that they were choosing to spend uh, the last few chapters of their lives. So that was the origins of, of, of wanting to make a film there that I can engage in, in kind of a thoughtful inquiry into why people choose to do something like that. It's kind of American desire to isolate ourselves. Uh, in, 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 in places that remove anything that 's bad and um,
4: and uh that was the origins of this you know it 's funny if I think if you you know brought this as a script to Hollywood, they would assume there was some sort of sinister underbelly where they 're being harvested for their organs or something <laughs> did you Did you find anything <laughs> seedy or sinister about it
20: i mean you know, I, I think I think inherently when you go to a place. Like the villages, you know, I think it's 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 bizarre in a lot of ways. It's a place that I don't know if you've seen recently, you know, Blue Velvet or if you rewatch the Ronald Reagan Morning in America advertisement. I mean, this place seems like the, de- the, de- the designers and the developers uh, were unironically citing this as sort of a place that they wanted to make their retirement community look like. So I think, you know, obviously, I'm a few generations removed from a lot of the folks who live there. I think it's very easy for a person like myself who, you know, this wasn't designed for me. I I grew up in the 90s. Um, You know, if maybe there was a retirement community when I'm older that is designed to look like the 90s, I still don't think I'd be interested in it. But um, I did think there was something, maybe not quite sinister, but I I did think there was something um, odd about it. And, And... and, and I wanted to make something that wasn't just another kind of journalistic expose um, about the political kind of homogeneity of the place, how, how uh, its demographics, it's, it's, very, it's 98.3% white. A lot of these things, to me, were very obvious, that you know, the people who choose to live there are, are choosing to live inside of you – know, they know what they're buying into – um, which in my mind was this very conservative kind of fantasy land. But to me I was interested in, in kind of a different, more existential, maybe more universal approach about, hey, you know, what happens to the people who don't fit in to the marketing materials, the people who live there because they wanted they were drawn by the utopian promise of the place and suddenly they find their fantasy has become a nightmare. That that seems far more relatable and far more interesting to me, especially you know, it's like you can't really get your money back. You can't get your time back. You're, you you have you have like a few, maybe a decade left of your life where you can actually do things and move around and be, uh, you know, physically able to uh, experience the world in, in the way that a lot of people who move there are. So th- those were the ideas that I was more concerned with rather than just kind of painting, um, you know, maybe a more obvious, you know, uh, portrait of, of, of an underbelly of a community like this
4: very interesting so you personally you don't want your retirement home to be designed like saved by the bells bayside high uh,
20: maybe um if it looked like something like you know the world in the even Stevens uh universe <laughs> maybe i would reconsider my uh line of thought but um no I, you know and i think that's an interesting point I, I i do wonder how places like the villages you know when, when the baby boomer gener- when the baby boomer generation is no longer with us what will happen? What will be made of places like this? Are they going to recreate other decades and other eras for other generations to live inside of of it? Um, Maybe. But will other generations have that same interest of of living in sort of an artificially constructed, self-sustaining utopia? I'm not sure.
4: So when you started the project, did you get some pushback like Hey, mind your own business, or did you get the the opposite like yes, please tell everyone we want to build more condos and sell more units
20: uh de- definitely the former I mean you know I, I, because the the, the villages is, is um, you know it's become one of the fastest growing cities in our country not 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 just retirement communities but cities so it's it's a very successful operation the folks who built it are you know now billionaires they have uh they have, they don't they don't need any sort of outside external movie or book or anything that is made by uh someone from the point of view that isn't them to lure in more folks what they've done is i think proven very successful so um i think they've come to kind of greet anyone who is an outsider with a healthy amount of skepticism and such was the case with myself I, you know, again, you know, kind of the stuff I'm saying to you is the stuff I exactly said to them. I wasn't interested in making um, a film that tarnished what they built. I just I wanted to critically engage with it and 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 make a portrait of what life is like for some people who live there. Um, and they were not interested in that, so they did um, making this film. Kind of was an act of guerrilla filmmaking in some ways. They they, they distributed it like a digital wanted poster of my face to a lot of the local businesses there and pretty much any time i was shooting something publicly i would i knew i had about 15 to 20 minutes before i'd get shut down so it was it was a lot of um a lot of planning a lot of preparation and a lot of uh when we when we were there to do something um you know outside it would have to be done in a very methodical way
4: last question for you when you take this to film festivals and and i know you were at at rotterdam and and sundance but do you think this is intrinsically an American thing? Like, do you think Europeans look at this with envy or do you think they look at it and say, oh, that's so American and plastic and fake?
20: It's, it's a really interesting question. I, I mean, it, there are different, very, you know, there are versions of of of, of art, artificially constructed uh, kind of heterotopias in other countries. In Spain, there are some. Um, in China, there is a whole kind of wave of architecture that is just called duplex. Dupl- texture, I guess, that, that's just mimicking other cities from around the world. Um, I, I do think that, that desire, that impulse may actually stretch, may not just be an American one, but I do think um, the images that are, that are on display in the villages and, and sort of the, the values and the nomenclature, a lot of the stuff that, is, that exists there is, is deeply American. And it's, it, it's, it's of an America that maybe never really was, never really existed in my mind. Um, It's the America that, again, is sort of on display in, you know, um, 1980s sort of political ads that Reagan was running. These these images that spoke to the promise and and, and these kind of conservative ideas and ideals. Um, So it makes perfect sense why an entire generation of people who believe in those types of things would want to sort of you know, maybe if, if, if we live in very confusing times, I think there's a there's a there's a makes perfect sense why a lot of folks would want to go there uh, and live inside of it. And it also makes perfect sense for, you know, as of late, why so you've seen so many um, controversial con so much controversial content come from there. You've seen the um, there's a golf cart rally not so long ago um, where a, a village resident was uh, shouting white power for at a Donald Trump rally. So you know, a lot of these things to me are no, come as no surprise. I I think the, the desire, the impulse may not be something that is strictly American, but I think um, the design of the place and why it's so successful and why it's more successful than any other sort of community in the world uh, that tries to do this is an American one.
4: Very interesting. The film is called some kind of heaven. And we've been speaking with the filmmaker himself, Lance Oppenheim. It's from Magnolia pictures. As I said, they've, uh, it's been very well reviewed it, it got to Sundance for Pete's sake so if you want to check it out opening the 15th cinema SF virtual screening room Rialto cinemas Elmwood virtual cinema and on demand Lance congratulations on the film and thanks for stopping by man thank you for having me all right thank good you. stuff Phil Cousy MLB ump on the other side come on back mm-hmm.
11: No, no.
1: That's 855-325-1780
18: You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious!
9: Tittle is a majestic stallion.
4: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you, coast to coast, around the world on American Forces Radio Network. And it's fitting that we had that segment begin with John McEnroe yelling at officials, because uh, someone who's had his share of professional athletes yelling at him is Major League Baseball Empire Phil Cousy. He joins us now, and he's here on behalf of uh, the Robert Luongo fund he's gonna be having his uh, annual fundraiser 16th annual and it's gonna be January 30th of course it's gonna be over zoom but it's gonna have Bob Costas leading a discussion with Joe Torrey Bobby Valentine Bucky Dent it's gonna be a uh, baseball lovers uh, dream Phil welcome to the show before we get started I just wanna ask you about Tommy Lasorda because you know he'd always kinda play up that Paisano thing with fellow Italians. Did did you know Tommy? What did you think about La Sorda, Phil? Yeah, Rick.
28: Thank you. Uh, it's, it's good to be with you. Uh, and and you're absolutely right. And and I'll give a, a quick story to, to to exactly your point. Uh, uh, on a side note, Tommy was sort of did do my dinner. Uh, he was one of our, our mystery guest speakers, uh, one year, I think it was way back. Uh, this is our 17th uh, annual. And I think he was there for the, it was either the second or the third, but, um, but uh, to, to your point in the story, uh, I, when I was working, I was a triple a umpire coming up and down to the national league. And I was working a Sunday afternoon in Wrigley and the Dodgers of course were in town And the game was going along, no issue, no questions, no problems, uh, kind of a nothing game, which is kind of the way we like it. And in about the fifth or sixth inning, I hear, uh, I brush off the plate, I go behind the catcher ready to begin, and I hear from the dugout, timeout, time, Phil, time out." wait a minute. And here comes Tom Lasorda out of the dugout. And I'm thinking, what possibly could he want? Nothing has happened. And – You know, I always say that at umpire school, we always learned that no matter what happens, you have to have an answer. And I was starting to feel a little bit nervous for a couple reasons. Number one, I I was a young umpire; I wasn't even on the staff. I was filling in Triple A, going up and down. And two, uh, thinking about having an answer, I didn't even know what the question was going to be because (laughs) nothing had happened. You know, if you have a close call and you see the manager coming, okay, well, he thinks he was safe. I called him out. That's easy. But uh, nothing happened. So he comes out, and the first thing he says to me is, Phil, i got to ask you, are you Italian? And, of course, I was relieved because I knew the answer to that question. (laughs) And uh, I said, of course, Tommy, you know I'm Italian. And he said, well, then I just want to tell you, don't screw anything up out here. And then he pointed (laughs) down to Bruce Fleming, my crew chief at first base, and he said, what about that guy? And he points. He starts to get, like, a little animated. And he said, What about that guy? That guy's going to screw you up. You've got to be careful with him. And I knew that Tommy and Bruce had a relationship for years, they worked in, in, in the minor leagues together. Uh-huh. And Bruce was just standing at first, folded, you know, with his arms folded. He knew exactly what Tommy was doing. And uh, he said, Well, let me ask you did he take you out for a nice dinner last night? I said, you know, Tommy, now that you mentioned it, he was going to take me to the pump room in Chicago, and he said, let's meet uh, downstairs in, the, in the, the lobby bar, and we'll have a drink before we go. I said, you know, Tommy, we never made it out of the bar. And Now he really gets animated. He says, you see, I told you, and he's pointing, and he's starting <laughs> to wave, you know, wag his head, and, and he said, that guy will screw you up. Listen, you're an Italian. Don't screw anything up out here. And he turned, and he went back to the dugout. And that was, uh, <laughs> that was a true story. But when I got home, uh you know, I, I met my buddies for for a beer and he said, Hey, we were watching a game.
3: What you makes Tommy Slow sort
28: of so mad about? He was jumping all over the place. I said, You wouldn't believe it if I told you.
4: But <laughs> that true, is a true great, story. that's a great story. You know, years yeah, years ago I had Ken Kaiser on the show before he passed, obviously, and he had written a book and he talked about being on the way up and a couple times, especially down in Dixie, where they had people who uh, were banging on the his door, they had guns, he had to run away in a truck. Did you, did, did you ever get threatened or have any of that on the way up? Well, you know, uh, my first year in the game, uh, 1985, New York Penn League, uh,
28: you know, we, we our locker room was actually the back of the concession stand. And uh, it was just, uh, it's a good thing we only worked in a two man system because we wouldn't have had room for a third person. But, you know, we, we had this old timer, It was there every night and every night he, he would wait for us by our door, and he, and he would say, when they found you guys, they must have picked the bottom of the barrel. And that's, that's what he used to say to us all the time. But, you know, I had, I had the experience of working uh, in the Winter League in the Dominican Republic. Now, that's an, that's an experience because they would, they would throw oranges at you. And, and they, uh, you know, one night I was working at uh, first base, and they, they had, like, you know, military police, and they were on the field, and they were in gray uniforms, helmets, and rifles. And I made the, the – uh, when they started throwing things, I made the uh, the, uh, the officer stand in the first base coach's box so that if they were going to throw stuff, it would have to go past him before it got to me. But <laughs> it was really an experience. They had a, a gun. The first, first night I'm working there, walking through the fir- front gate, and there's the two police at a desk, and they were actually – checking guns they had a gun check like picture you're at a restaurant A coat check it was a gun check and i'm working the plate never been there before and the first pitch comes in it's in the dirt and i call a ball and um people the crowd's screaming i'm saying see i know that they're real good fans but i mean they have to be a little more objective than to think that that was a strike the ball bounced and after the game i asked one of the one of the dominican umpires why would they scream at the first pitch? He said, Well, you called it a ball. They were betting that it was going to be a strike. So it was a different world out there, but, but it was a great experience. And that's why they sent us there to just uh, you know, be exposed to you know, the new stuff to toughen us up.
4: I, I have about 12 more questions for you, and I know you got to run. So but before we do, let's just talk a little bit about the uh, Robert Luongo um, ALS fund. He, he was a, a good friend of yours and, uh, you're, you're trying to help out his family, right?
28: Yeah. You know, he, he more than a good friend, he, he was like a cousin to me because his mother's sister married my mother's brother. We're the same age. We grew up together. We played ball together. We went to junior high school together and high school together. Uh, I went out, I went on to a small state school in New Jersey and he went to Harvard. And uh, he, he played football there his freshman year. But um, it was really uh, it was the uh, two, summer of 2000. And he called me and he said, uh, you know, something's going on with me. My hand is numb. And, and I feel as though it's starting to go up my arm. And uh, I said, Rod, you know, go to the doctor before anything gets any worse. And he, he waited and he waited. And it, I guess it really wouldn't have mattered But uh, he came back, uh, you know, a month or so later, and he said, I was just diagnosed with ALS, uh, McGarrick's disease. I was given I've just been given a death sentence. And uh, it it was a, you know, Robert was a a strapping all-state linebacker from our town of Belleville, New Jersey. And to see what this disease did to him was really, it was devastating. It was unbelievable. And, you know, the first thing that, that we did to raise money was to buy a computer for him that he was able to uh, type with his eyes, because uh, as, as many ALS patients start to lose the, the muscle movement, the only thing left uh, towards the end is just the movement of their eyes, and so we bought him this machine, and uh, it, it was primitive, you know, we're talking about 2001, 2002, and, uh, you know, it was just, we, we raised money just from the community, and with the leftover money, I said, you know, what am I going to do with this? I didn't, I really just want to raise enough to buy it. And and that's how it began. And we became a, a 501c3 uh, you know, a charity and had no idea where this was going to go. But after the first year, we had 500 people came to our, to the dinner and uh, our, fir- our first guest speaker was Bruce Fleming, And you know, we said, what am I going to do? Everyone will come the first year, but h- how do I keep them coming back? Well, I, ke- I kept them coming back by having Tommy Lasorda to come. Uh, Joe Torrey came, Jim Leland, Lou Piniella, uh Joe Pepitone, Bucky Dent. You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Joe Girardi came the last time we were live uh, the 19. And uh, it was just, you know, we have over 600 people, and it's just been... Over, it, it's been great. It's been great.
4: Now fast but, forward to this year. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't want us to get cut off here. They're they're going to run to a break, but I want to make sure everybody checks this out. Seventeenth annual event. Bob sure. Costas, Bobby Valentine, Bucky Dent, Joe Torre. Go to Robert Luongo Goal. Robert Luongo ALS or We Fight Hey Phil, great having you on. Let's let's talk again. When we got more time, okay? Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
1: That's 800-410-4771.
16: Do you own a timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you no longer can afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to timeshare exit, call 800-500-1987. That's 800-500-1987. Why pay for something you aren't even using? Give us a call at 800-500-1987 or visit newtonexit.com today
9: Tittle always goes commando.
4: Thank you for that and uh, open lines the rest of this hour. Arden Mirren, comedian and actress, will join us at uh, around 11.10. It's about a half hour. Other than that, the lines are open the rest of the way. 1-800-878-PLAY. Feel free to get in. 1-800-878-7529. It's too bad I didn't. I could do a whole three hours with Phil Cousy and just listen to these stories. Um. And if you're someone like I, I, I'm one of those people that can get an anecdote almost out of anything. But that doesn't mean it's good. Obviously, planes and trains, you know, you have to pick and choose. It makes it much more interesting to the listener. But you can just think about all the anecdotes these guys have, and they have good memories too. But I, <clears throat> I seriously, I you know, there's some guests I have where you know I'm I jot down some questions and. Usually, I just jot down about three questions, and then I just listen to the conversation and let it go from there. I think I wrote down like 12 questions for Phil Cousy, and I got to three of them. Uh, Just good stuff. All right. Let's get back to – remember, we have the national championship, which I'll get to in the next hour. That's tonight. But let's get back to the games that went down this weekend. I think uh, some people – we're a bit afraid that a team with a losing record might not comport themselves with dignity and honor and play well when they got to the second season. But once we found out it was Washington at 7-9 and nine with Ron Rivera, and even though they didn't have a QB, we kind of thought that Washington was not going to be embarrassed. And they weren't. Um, <clears throat> they didn't put the fear of the good Lord into Tampa Bay, but they definitely had Tampa Bay concerned. And the Bucks won that one, 31 to 23, on the road. Even though they had won four more games in Washington, they were a wild card versus a division winner. But the real story of this game was Taylor Heineke,
13: who uh,
4: was absolutely heroic. <clears throat> and uh, the touchdown run he made—it's uh, just. Um, you know, spreading the ball around all over the place. The Sims brothers, as I call them, Terry McLaurin, Thomas. Washington uh, showed up for this game, which was uh, really cool. Uh, But this Heineke kid, uh, Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay's coach, said, quote, he almost beat us with his legs. He was very elusive. We knew he was going to scramble around. There was going to be bootlegs and scrambles. We were really hoping for Alex because we knew that part of the game wasn't going to be in there. Well, in quote, Alex Smith had a calf issue and couldn't play. Um, Cameron Brait with Tampa Bay, the tight end, said, we're thrilled with the win. I hate to say that we're relieved, but at this point, we're just pumped to get the win. No matter how ugly it was, no matter how many mistakes we made, a win's a win this time of year. Well, yes, <clears throat> and... Uh, Now they'll be heading to uh, uh, New Orleans. Um, I know a lot of people, especially on social media, went nuts over a graphic that once Brady threw a touchdown pass, become the oldest player to throw a touchdown pass in a playoff game, 43 years and whatever. Uh, We also had George Blanda as a younger 43-year-old. And they put him side by side. It looked like a guy and his son. Uh, George Blanda uh, always just looked old. When I was a little kid... um, I thought he was... He, he reminded me of my grandfather. And it was like my grandfather was playing in the NFL. It was weird. But, you know, when you're a little kid, everybody's old. But, you know, especially when you look back at these scenes of like, hey, the Brooklyn Dodgers or the Gas House Gang in St. Louis. Or, hey, look at us, the Cleveland Spiders. they It's all guys with big noses, big ears, and a comb over. does Dun- when, <laughs> when you look at athletes from like the 30s and 50s, don't they always have like a comb over? Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Brady was very methodical. He didn't make any mistakes, but um, single game franchise record for quarterbacks uh, running the ball. Ron Rivera said it was gutsy. It was one of those things. Those things. A guy like him that works hard, see what he does. He created an opportunity for himself, and we'll see what happens. Had only appeared in eight games in his life in the NFL with one start, and uh, we were talking about how he was taking online math classes at Old Dominion when Washington said, do you want to be our quarantine quarterback? In other words, our ninth-string desperado type of guy. Terry McLaurin said, quote, when he first got here a month or so ago I didn't know too much about him the first time I even caught a pass from him was last week but he earned my respect um, so Washington lost in a wild card round and they're happy just to get there and uh, as we know the uh, the the Buccaneers will not play at New Orleans because they dispatched Dupiers Pierce and uh, Drew Brees you know Two touchdown passes, no pick, did enough. It was twenty-one to nine. It wasn't a real uh, show, uh, you know. Uh, Gun slinging, Wild Will, uh, Wild Bill Hillcock top of show, but Wild Bill Cody. I mean, but uh, Drew Brees um, celebrates his forty-second birthday, getting ready for uh, Tom Brady. And <clears throat> the the minute. Uh, that uh, he signed with the Bucks, said Tom, said uh, Breeze about Brady, and came in the division, you knew that there would be playoff inspirations, and we knew that it was going to be inevitable. Um, so Alvin Kamara rushed for 99 yards, and uh, this is because he didn't practice because of contracting COVID-19. He said, I was fine, no real symptoms, I got a bye week. It's like you have no choice but to sit and recover and get your body back. Uh, It's a scary thing, but you don't know long-term ramifications and things like that. The the Bears uh, put a pretty scrappy performance together uh, as well. And also, if you think about um, uh, the defensive play that prevented the Saints from building more than a one-touchdown lead basically until late in the game, and a uh, big mistake from Bear safety Eddie Jackson, who lined up for a blitz and then jumped offside in a fourth and three at the Bears' 13 yard line. He said it was basically a no brainer freeze. We were just going to take a delay of game and then kick the field goal, but it worked pretty well. <clears throat> yes, it did. See that time and time again, too. You know, these guys, whenever you see that, it, it's such a giveaway. If you've watched football in your life, you've watched football for more than you know, 20 minutes in your life. If the team runs out of the huddle real quick and has three different weird motions, and the quarterback's going, hot, 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 blue 21, blue, hot, 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 It's obvious they're just trying to draw you offside. It's like on a draw. hot, hot, In high school i whenever i do a draw it's where you drop back like you're going to pass and the last minute you hand it the tailback and he runs up the middle but i'd hold the ball over my head he goes my coach said is that how you always drop back and i went no i got so i saw a guy do it on tv he goes no, when you do that you're telling everybody it's a draw just do it normally and i'm like oh yeah you're right of course i was 16 at the time but it still amazes me how many times guys will still stupidly step up sides. Um, and Anthony Miller was actually thrown out of the game for an unsportsman lock. Uh, this is the second time this season the Bears have been had a player uh, thrown out of the game. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. What, what we're hearing out of Chicago is that Mitchell Trubisky will not be back with the team. So, <clears throat> uh, do you want to draft a quarterback Chicago you're gonna to have to wait uh, until after the 18th pick unless you make a move and then the last game to talk about is uh, the not shocking they are both 11 and five teams maybe a little bit surprising that the Ravens were able to beat the Titans. you think about Lamar Jackson as an MVP in those great years he was over two in the playoffs this I don't know if we predicted this would be the place especially when the Titans were leading 10 to nothing after a quarter. And I think we all figured that Derrick Henry would pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. Derrick Henry, 18 carries, 40 yards. How does that happen? Now, if it was 28 carries for 40 yards, you'd say, look, we can't, we can't get him going. you got to give Derrick Henry the ball 25 times. And you just have to, don't you? Don't you what your girlfriend was? Lamar Jackson ran for 136 yards, including that 48-yard touchdown run. Uh, Mike Vrabel called it the greatest run by a quarterback in NFL history, which is one of the stupidest things. Talk about recency bias. It was a nice run. It's not even in the top 10, Mike. Now, it was a playoff game. It was not even in the top 10. Okay? (laughs) I would take Terrell Pryor's run regular season run over that. If you think about all the different people don't even remember that play. Uh Steve Young against Minnesota. I mean it's just no. It was a nice run. There's no doubt. And I'm telling you to to the NFL's leading rusher, a guy went for over two thousand yards and they were able to hold him down. This is the least amount of points the Titans have scored all year. Twenty to thirteen was the final score. And the Ravens snapped a string of 21 straight games that was lost by the franchise in either the regular season or the playoffs when they trailed by 10 or more. How about that? Not really the comeback kids. And so now they get to go to Arrowhead. And um, Jackson said, our defense was tired of hearing the noise, and they did what they were supposed to do. And I'll give credit to Derrick Henry. After the game, he was a stand-up guy saying this definitely is going to sting probably in my mind for the rest of this year until we suit back up. Uh, but the better team won. That's not, and, and Henry missed two key plays, too, uh, after he lost his shoe. But Baltimore, I mean, Tennessee was averaging 31 points a game. Think about that. They had more offensive yards per game than any team outside of Kansas City. And they were held to 209 yards total offense. That's uh, pretty amazing. And John Harbaugh, Baltimore coach, said, quote, this may be the best win that I've ever been associated with. Is it really? Didn't she win a Super Bowl eight years ago? But that's okay. He said it was a strong effort. Our tackling was strong. All the outside backers, that kind of physicality, We were able to hit Henry with multiple helmets and then take him back. Well, uh, the Titans, I mean, Mike Vrabel said, we won the division, hosted a home playoff game. Wasn't good enough today. Our guys competed and battled and came up short. How about that? So there was also a rare Tucker miss as well. Um, This is a guy who kicks 91%, but he missed a 42-yarder he had made 48 straight his last miss was five years ago from more than 48 yards but whatever you still win the game um so as i said the uh we'll have an interesting matchup uh, down at arrowhead now i'm rick tittle come on back we'll continue this show on sports
1: That's 800-403-5912.
18: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
19: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
18: Hey, look. I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options.
19: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
15: Matthew. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to
21: me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
6: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you,
19: and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead.
21: Thanks, Mom. For never giving up and always being my biggest fan.
6: Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations.
11: Thank you for talking.
2: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit Uh, underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me?
26: Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
9: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
4: Fat Boy, that makes me mad. Uh, Lamar Jackson, by the way, after the game I was just talking about, his victory, was not in a hurry to exchange pleasantries and fist pumps and pounds and handshakes and such things to his opponents, Tennessee Titans. Why did he run into the locker room as time expired? Well, I'll let him tell it. Go ahead, Lamar. Oh, I'll read it for you. Quote, I feel like it was a disrespect to see what went on before the game the last time we played those guys and they were standing on our logo and seeing them get into it with our head coach. That was just disrespectful because we treat all of our opponents with respect. It wasn't no reason for us to shake hands and stuff like that. We'll be the bigger guys. So we walked off the field. I feel like we were being the bigger guys. So basically he's saying, I'm not going to shake your hand after you jumped up and down on our logo on our field. But a lot of his teammates did jump up and down (laughs) on the field uh, as well. Um, I like, though, Jackson there talked about his run. He goes, my favorite run was the kneel. He goes, I didn't really have a favorite run other than kneeling at the end. It's a pretty good line for a guy that had that touchdown. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We have another uh, hour to go, and uh, we'll talk about the national championship tonight and other things and our well. Come on back.
11: USA Radio
18: News with Lance
23: Pride. Instead of addressing the issue why tens of millions of Americans are furious with Washington lawmakers, the status quo rolls on in D.C. as Democrats move to impeach or call for the 25th Amendment to remove President Trump nine days before his term ends. The Rasmussen poll, one of the most accurate polls of the 2020 election, finds President Trump's approval rating soared to 51% after Wednesday's melee at the Capitol building. The new $900 billion stimulus legislation sets Friday as the cutoff date to send the $600 payments to you. If you don't receive your full second stimulus check, you will need to claim it when you file your federal tax returns this year as a recovery rebate credit. As President Trump was banned from Twitter, the Ayatollah of Iran continues to rant on Twitter he wants Americans dead. And surprisingly, Twitter is okay with that. Rush Limbaugh, the conservative talk show host, deactivated his own Twitter account in solidarity. USA Radio News
24: balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time
25: i had begun to notice after 10 days with balance of nature i felt better more energetic and believe me for me that's something because i have energy anyway but as old as i am that was really something to start really noticing you know we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a
24: wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA.
23: Is social media app Parler really a threat to the security of America or is it Big Tech's way of eliminating competition? USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott has more.
21: The alternative social media network is taking a big hit as Amazon, Google, Apple and a list of others have severed ties with the app. Parlor CEO John Mates tells Fox News it's devastating. It's an assault on everybody. I mean, they they all work together to make sure at the same time we would lose access to not only our
20: apps, but they're actually shutting all of our servers off.
21: Congressman Devin Nunes of California tells Fox this must be investigated. This is clearly a violation of
10: antitrust, civil rights, the RICO statute. There should be a racketeering
21: investigation on all the people that coordinated this attack. Harlow says they will rebuild from scratch, but that could take as long as a week. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. We are USA Radio News.
23: We can expect gasoline prices to inch their way up this week. USA Radio News' John Clemens has more.
26: Patrick DeHaan of GasBuddy.com tells us as more and more Americans express confidence in the COVID-19 vaccine, they're back on the road, increasing demand.
10: Average gas prices across the U.S. have increased 7 cents per gallon over the last week, with the national average currently standing at 232 per gallon, a
26: new COVID-19 high. Despite being 27 cents lower than last year at this time, the average price is expected to increase later this week. Average prices
10: across the U.S. may increase several cents per gallon yet again this week as prices move
26: to their highest level since last March. With USA Radio Network, I'm John Clemens.
23: Super Wild Card Weekend and the National Football League has some surprises. USA Radio News. Dan Naraki reports
22: the wild card round of the NFL playoffs wrapped up Sunday with the Baltimore Ravens taking out the Tennessee Titans 20 to 13. In the NFC, the second seeded New Orleans Saints handled the Chicago Bears 21 to nine to move on, and the Cleveland Browns won their first playoff game since 1994, knocking off the Pittsburgh Steelers 48 to 37. The divisional round is now set for next weekend. On Saturday, the top seed in the NFC, Green Bay Packers, will host the LA Rams. Then the Baltimore Ravens will hit the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. On Sunday, the Cleveland Browns head to the AFC's top seed, the Kennedy Kansas City Chiefs, and Tom Brady faces off with Drew Brees as the New Orleans Saints take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. From the USA Radio News, Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Rocky.
23: For USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
29: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California Blue Goo a try, call one 330 3300123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is one 330 3300123 If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at Select Big Five Stores near you. Rick Tittle knows his sports.
27: I hate that guy. I love that guy.
4: Thank you so much uh, for uh, joining us on Sports Valley USA USA. What you got in the world of sports? And uh, yeah, this is a good time to talk about uh, sports, right? Get into the politics and pandemic and woo! But remember, it's 2021. So everything's fine now. <laughs> Remember that? But we do get sports, right? <clears throat> I think. And we got Le Okay coming up here on Wednesday. My Sharkies go Thursday. And, um, you know, watching the Warriors last night and... Toronto in town and then the late foul and Damian Lee going to the line hitting both and then Siakam does a spin the wrong way and throws up a back iron the Warriors win yet again even though Steph had one of his worst games ever there's I've watched so much Warriors basketball and I think I'll do the same with the Sharks because I need the entertainment baby and I feel like the sharks haven't played. I mean, I used to go down to the tank all the time, and they were in the playoffs all the time, and I was always at the tank, and I was always up in that catwalk having a free hot dog, and that seems like ten years ago, man. Not just man, but man. Say it like Dennis Hopper, man. All right. <clears throat> uh, tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. Those are all app Low applications. You need it. 1 800 878 play is the number to call. That's the biggie, though. Uh, also, tune in app. I already did it. How about American Forces Radio Network? How about them? They are the ones. They are the ones that keep it safe and allow us to do all this uh, garbage. So, uh, big shout out, whatever branch you're with Army, Navy, Air Force, National Guard. Yeah. Are we going to have space, for- space Force after the 20? Let's see if that's helpful, though. I have a feeling when a budget come- comes along, yeah, no more Space Force. But we'll see. I'm our Tittle. Come on back.
0: Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window
1: replacement offer. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992.
2: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details.
16: Do you own a timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you no longer can afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to Timeshare Exit, call 800-500-1987. That's 800-500-1987. Why pay for something you aren't even using? Give us a call at 800-500-1987 or visit newtonexit.com today.
10: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle.
4: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast. Around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. Uh, you know, over the years, all the Sketchfest people that come into studio and I go to the shows and it's just a, one thing we really look forward to all year long. And of course, with COVID ruining just about everything, Festpocalypse is the answer that Sketchfest is having. And uh, that is a, uh, a show that's going to be on january 30th it's going to start at five o'clock out here eight o'clock on the east coast for tickets sfsketchfest.com and we have talked to a lot of people over the last uh, few weeks that will be participating and uh, we're very happy to be joined by another right now and that is comedian slash actress arden mirin arden thanks for being on the show i understand though that you may be potentially in a spot of bother right now are you all right
27: Oh, I'm fine. It's not the most elegant thing that's happening. I'm having a little a little house emergency, but and the, you know, the window of somebody to come help me is like an 18-hour window, but I have just a feeling they might arrive in these 10 minutes. So, just a just a heads up.
4: <laughs> so, your your washing machine broke and your house is being flooded.
27: Something like that. Yes, there's something. There's like Things rocketing out of a pipe in my driveway that nobody wants to see. I'm like, oh, that's what's happening. That's look. I'm very grateful to have a little house, but never in my life have I less wanted to be an adult than when you see just things rocketing out of a, a pipe in the ground, and you have no 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 skills in that department.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> on you you know, I think about your talent. Uh, you're very talented in many ways, obviously, but you're so good at celebrity I- impressions. What is the one? You can know, go, even though you might be in the middle of a dinner and you don't feel like doing it. But what's the one that you get most requested? Hey, do your Tara Reid or your Portia de Rossi, whatever.
27: Oh, you know, I mean, I always enjoyed doing. I always enjoyed doing Jillian Barberis when she did the weather for Fox NFL. Like she. So that was one. I enjoyed doing the weather gal for the Fox NFL sketches. I like doing Megan Mullally. Um, you know, I, I think those were two that people always seem to enjoy.
4: I also think it would be fun to do the Goldie Hawn one, too.
27: Well, I mean, I'm just such a super fan of her. She is, you know, she you can't go wrong with her giggle and her wiggle. And, like, she still... She's still a smoke show in her 70s. You know, she and Kurt are like, they're still it. They've got it happening. So I'm a huge fan of hers.
4: Did they ever, they never got married, right?
27: They never got married. I I met her once. I got to go to the premiere of the, the movie that Amy Schumer did with her. And uh, yeah. there they were. And, you know, and it's like Hollywood Royal. I mean, like Kurt and Goldie. You feel like you're seeing, you know, like Sasquatchers. i it's so exciting, you know, like that they exist and they're in front of you. His hair, he had like a lion's mane of hair. Like I've never wanted to touch a man's head, so I didn't. I didn't because I didn't want to get forcibly removed from the uh, premiere. <laughs> but just the two of them just were cool and in a corner. But they seemed like nice and fun, and it was just like exactly how you would want to see like Kurt and Goldie in their natural habitat, which is like a Hollywood premiere hiding in the corner. Like they were everything you want them to be.
4: Well, the thing I love about your career is that you, the the comedy, I mean, you've, you've basically been, uh, in everything, but I was looking through your filmography and one, <laughs> one film just jumps out and it's so funny. Farm sluts. <laughs> <laughs> Farm what sluts?
27: was Farm yeah. Sluts? It's a real think piece. It's a real think piece. No, it was like a <laughs> short film starring Chris Parnell. Do you remember him from SNL? And then he was on Thirty Rock. Of course, Rock. Was, yes. Yeah, he was like the creepy doctor in Thirty Rock. It was a yeah. short film about a guy. It's almost like uh, that guy Jeffrey Tubin, who just got like caught on Zoom. He was like on a work call, and he just got caught on yeah. Zoom, like you know, with his pants on. So this was a movie about. Uh, Chris Parnell was an office worker and like his best friend sent him to sent him, like emailed him a link to a site called Farm Sluts that he accidentally opened. Like I think his prankster friend and that everyone in the office saw, you know, so this poor guy who was actually like this nice guy, like his entire life and everything, he became like, the you know, the creep of the office. It was a dark comedy about, like, how your sort of silly buddy can just don't, don't open attachments at work from your crazy friend.
4: You know what Also, I think is hilarious, too, is that when you line up everything you've done on TV and everything you've done in film, you have played every single girl's first name. From Wendy to Erica to Jocelyn to Trish, Helen, Shirley, Mary, Wendy, Julie, Sarah. It goes on. You've played everyone.
27: I've played I've played a lot of characters for a while. Everything always ended with a Y. It was like Becky, Abby, Lucy, Mary. Like you know, I I think the tone of my voice has that kind of like like scary, like Larry, Barry. Like there's just something about I've played every <laughs> single one like that. For sure.
4: <laughs> right. Well, what is it like to be in a Steve Martin play? I mean, how cool is that?
27: Oh, my God. I I am such a huge fan of his. You know, I, growing up, I had an older brother, and we had on our wall, you know, so he introduced me to Steve Martin and Monty Python and, like, just lots of things a young girl shouldn't be watching, and that's what I was watching. And so I had his best fishes poster on my wall growing up and to get to work with him it was really an exercise in having to kind of keep my like not super fan out in front of even though my insides were like oh my god this is steve martin <laughs> you know it was like a four-person play i originated the part that amy schumer did on broadway and that she won the tony for so it was like this fun part with steve martin and the interesting thing about working with him too is like when you think about it, his you know, he was a young man who let his hair go white in his 30s, you know? And so he sort of looked exactly the same for many years. So when you see him, he still pretty much looks exactly like Steve Martin, you know, it's like like he his look got set and he looks very much exactly the same. It was interesting because he was also fairly quiet and yet There was a few times when, um, because he was still working on the script, and there was a few times he would hop up and do the scene with me, which was insane. And it was almost like watching someone turn on a Steve Martin machine, like, at a used car, you know, like, there was something almost like this quiet guy, all of it, like, he became Steve Martin. He became, like, sort of the character from The Jerk or from All of Me. Or, like, you know, it was interesting just watching... It turn on and this quiet thoughtful sort of writer became like there there's the icon there's the three amigos guy there's like there's planes trains i don't like there he is and um it was it was amazing he was lovely he was lovely
4: awesome you just yeah I'm, I'm older than you i'm probably your brother's age and i grew up with those albums just incredible and then one I more did, thing I wanted to ask you, we'll get back to Festpocalypse yeah. in a second, but I know that on your way up, you were an intern for, uh, for Conan. So was that like, uh, was it office work? Or were you in the writer's room? Did you get to screw around on stage? How was that?
27: I had, I think the best position there, I was the assistant to the script coordinator. And what was fun about it was in the morning, I would be up in the offices when they were working on the script. And that was when, you know, Robert Smigel, who is like this team, you know, did the, uh, he was the insult comic dog. Triumph, <laughs> like yeah. He was trying, he was triumph. Um, He, so he was the head writer at the time. And so I was up with the script coordinator. So we were up in the offices and then in the afternoons, cause she had to keep track of any changes. If they were doing, you know, if they were doing sketches and rehearsing, if they were adding any changes to the script, we got to spend the afternoons on the stage and, um, it was so interesting, you know, cause I grew up in a town of three, I grew up in a farm town of 3000 people. I didn't have any connections. And, uh, I was an intern the first year it was on. I only got it. Like all of the good interns went to Letterman, <laughs> like literally <laughs> nobody had heard of Conan, you know? So they're like, nobody was applying really. And I, you know, I'm a hard worker and I was competent. And so they kept giving me more responsibility and it was really interesting just to see, I would recommend to any performer to, to work, you know, behind the scenes just to understand what each person does and the the mechanics of building a show and the machine of it. And um, I learned, it was so interesting. I'm still very good friends with a lot of people that worked there
4: very cool. All right. Festpocalypse, as, as I said, it's going to be uh, Saturday, January 30th, 5 p.m. The the list is insane, as you know. So many huge stars. What is your participation going to be like, Arden?
27: I will be doing Doug Loves Movies, with Doug Benson's uh, movie show, which I did last year in person at, at Sketchfest, which is so fun. And it will be me... And Jonah Ray and Eliza Skinner playing games against one another, um, testing our knowledge of movies because Doug is a super fan. And uh, well, it's doesn't so fun. isn't he always yeah. getting
4: high doing that show?
27: Yeah, I mean he's pretty much that. He's always pretty much getting high doing any show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that so that's a pretty safe bet. You know what? If uh, somebody's going to place a bet is Doug high, I would just probably guess but yeah he has one that's specifically about him getting high called getting high getting dug with high but um so this is not just about getting high but I would imagine he's probably high
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's safe to say it's the first thing I thought of all right we've been speaking with the lovely and talented Arden Mirren she'll be participating and just not just Arden but as I said this night of a hundred stars literally Check it out. So fun. Tickets. Yeah. SFSketchfest.com on Saturday the 30th, 5 p.m. Pacific. Arden, uh, thanks for your show, and and hopefully someday we'll have you in studio here in San Francisco.
27: That sounds great. I love San Francisco. Stay safe and hi to everybody out there. Thanks for having me on.
4: All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back. Open lines the rest of the way.
12: A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
1: 485 6003 485 6003. That's 800 485 6003. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain
3: into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla? Is that what you're
11: telling me?!
9: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Tittle.
4: Thank you for that, and the uh, lines are open, and Christian, I'll get to you in a second, but uh, breaking news, the Philadelphia Eagles have fired head coach Doug Peterson, um, and uh, Black Monday, uh, except the Monday after the first Black Monday, and if you think about after that Super Bowl, he was one of the best coaches in the NFL. I mean, they had Carson Wentz go down, and he had Nick Foles catching a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, out coaching Bill Belichick. He was a star. And three years later, it has completely fallen apart. And now the whole thing with Nate Sudfeld, he was just following orders, and they fired him anyway. Yikes. Does this mean that they're keeping Wentz? Remember, Wentz said, I can't work with this guy anymore. Well, you know that big financial pill they're going to have to swallow if they got rid of Wentz. So, I don't know. Let's uh, see. But I'll tell you what. New York Jets get ready for Doug Peterson. Because Joe Douglas, your GM, he and Peterson were real close when they were in Philadelphia together. So, he's going to at least get an interview in New York. Let's go to those phone lines. Christian in Houston, Texas. How are you, buddy?
3: I'm doing all right, Mr. Tittle. Happy, I mean, good early morning or late morning, actually, to you. Good afternoon to the rest of the country. <laughs> but still, you talk about coaching vacancies and you talking about Black Monday and all this. I guess the Texans pretty much started the trend early because <laughs> they basically have recoined themselves as Patriot South hire and Nick Casario, and, well... I don't what do you mean, think about you think? that? I don't know what to think, because the last thing that anybody wants to be is carbon copies of anything else. And right. you probably know it as more as I do that sports is a carbon copy industry.
11: Yes, so. league.
3: So when it comes down to the Texans trying to make themselves feel like the New England Patriots, I mean, do you think that hiring somebody like Nick Casario is a bit excessive?
4: Well, it can't hurt. I mean, they need a fresh start, and you hired a guy who has been successful in the league, and that's uh, a step in the right direction. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to do well. But if you think about Bill O'Brien trading away DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, to bring in a guy who's had so much, or at least been a part of a successful organization, I think that is a, a, a good step.
3: Understood, understood. But the thing is, the Texans have been around as long as the Patriots have been a dynasty. About, what, 20 years? hmm I mean, don't you think that... Don't you think that the Texans need to flush their own identity instead of just copy it and paste in the
4: Patriots? I
7: mean, well, I don't they know if they they're, not they're not doing
3: that exactly. The,
4: the, the biggest problem in, in Houston is trying to hold on to Deshaun Watson. So, what, what in the hell is going on? I mean, you got Harden, and now you got Watson that won't get out of town. Harden, I think you got your best years out of him, but Watson, if you guys lose Watson. That's like losing DeAndre Hopkins three times over. You can't lose Watson.
3: So what you're basically saying is if the Rockets lose Harden, if the Astros end up losing all these players, and if the Texans lose Watson and Watt, then Houston really is a haven full of losers?
4: (laughs) I think you took that a little bit too far. No, what I'm saying is, but first of all, the Astros are going to be fine. Even if you lose Correa, I still think the Astros are going to be uh, a playoff team. But uh, Harden, like the the window on the Rockets, I think, has closed. So when you lose Harden, that's going to suck because he's great. But it, as long as you have Deshaun Watson, you have a chance. Um, so I, what is the case? What is his problem with the owner and the owner's response to, you know, protesting, systemic racism, all that other stuff. What What is, in your mind, the, the beef with Watson and the owner?
3: Um, I think the beef with the owner is just that he wants to be treated with respect. He and J.J. Watt want to be playing for a winning franchise, and, of course, the Texans haven't been doing much winning as of late, especially with this season. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, well, what's
4: what's the scuttlebutt? Is he is, is he going to? I mean, do people think that he's as good as gone, or do they think that this is just you know him complaining and he's got no choice but to stay? Because now you hear that they want to. He wants them to trade him straight up for Tua. What a horrible trade that well, would be for uh, you guys! Don't get me started on the Texans
3: the Dolphins deal. Do they really want to see Deshaun Watson go to Miami and? You know, the Texans getting, albeit a Heisman Trophy-level quarterback, who's still fresh. I mean, let's just say he's green as goose, you know what. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. I don't think that would be a good deal. It would be horrifying. Yes, it would basically be like getting... 1,000 A.J. McCarrens just for one great quarterback.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he's as bad as McCarron, but uh, yeah. Um, but it, it just shows you nowadays the, the power of the player, and I wonder how powerful it's going to be um, when, I mean, th- there was talk, of course, we heard rumors on the offseason that New England was going to do everything they could to get Watson. But uh, I hope for your sake that you're able to hold on to them. But uh, anyway, Christian, always appreciate the call, man.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on. I wish I would have called earlier, but I will talk to you on social media until then. At Rich, thanks for having me on.
4: All right, buddy. Appreciate it. That's Christian. He called the number 1-800-878-PLAY, and he got in. And you can do the same. Once again, the pertinent information is 1-800-878. 7529. Twitter at Rick Tittle. Another way to talk to me. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back. Open lines on the other side.
8: Sam's new project needs a project manager right away if she's going to manage to hit her deadline.
24: It took an extra week to get approvals, but they still want the original delivery date. I guess we'll figure something out.
8: It's time to hire.
24: I need Indeed.
8: Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. I'm just a caveman. Your world frightens and confuses me. <laughs>
9: Rick Tittle wants to hear from you. The phone call is free, y'all. Just dial 1-800-878-PLAY to get yourself on the air right now. Call him up now, lazy ass. 1-800-878-PLAY. I
18: don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not.
4: All right, good stuff. Uh, Tonight, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 p.m. on the East Coast, we will have the COVID-19 National Championship in college football. Weird, wild, wacky, tragic, horrifying conferences shutting down, not playing at all. Conferences shutting down and then reopening. Games canceled. Opponents switched. And yet, here we are at the end with Ohio State versus Alabama. Nick Saban attempting history again, trying to get his seventh national championship. And um, I don't know. As I said, you can look at the Ryan Days youth versus Alabama's, <clears throat> you know, uh, Saban's history. I mean, think about Bear Bryant, who won six national championships in the 60s and the 70s. And Saban won his uh, sixth uh, in 15 years uh, as well. And... Um, Saban is 69. Still going strong. Uh, Bear Bryant actually died at 69. Just a couple weeks uh, after his 25th season with the Crimson Tide. Saban won his first one at LSU in 03. That's when he was 53. But if Alabama wins tonight, that means an SEC team has won 11 out of the last 15. And Bama has been the uh, standard, but Still in that division, Florida's won twice, Auburn won once, and of course LSU. uh, Last year, Uh, Justin Fields, his health is one of the mysteries of tonight, and um, you know, it's just as I said, uh, you know, the number three team in the in the in the land. Although they did very well in their playoff game. for the first time in his career, though Fields completed less than half of his passes through two costly interceptions. Ohio State didn't win because of him; it won despite him. Uh, you know, I I don't know. You could say that he outdueled Trevor Lawrence, and I But still, Fields still uh, in 21 starts in college has thrown. Uh, 62 touchdown passes, and he's run for 15. That's 77 touchdowns. So about the ribs, we don't know about the ribs. And we don't know what we're going to get. A lot of people think that Justin Fields kind of reminds them of Cam Newton. You might get a super polished guy, and you might get a guy who is just not ready. That's why I think a lot of people who think that uh, Justin Fields is going to go number two overall to the Jets, uh, I don't believe it. But <clears throat> there are some keys to winning these games. <clears throat> and for Alabama, I mean, just think about their streak. They've won 13 games in a row. They have Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner. They have a Heisman uh, finalist in, in Mac Jones. Only one team was really able to stop Devontae Smith this year, and that was uh, Arkansas. And Arkansas lost that game 52-3. to The the most impressive thing about Smith, who really, if you look at him, is not impressive. He's kind of skinny and little. But the most impressive thing about him, two drops. 105 catches. 130 targets. Two drops. It's just there's no team that has more experience. They've been more decorated. They have more experience. They have the Outland Trophy winner as well, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, Jones won the Davy O'Brien. Najee Harris, Bay Area kid, won the Doak Walker Award. Uh, The offensive line got the Joe Moore Award, which is awarded to the entire offensive line, best offensive line in the country. Um, Patrick Sertain, the second. I will say the second because his dad played in the NFL. Steve Sarkeesian won the Frank Broyles Award, best assistant coach, and now he gone. Oh, yeah, Nick Saban. But just the efficiency. Uh, Their third down efficiency is 60%, which is insane. Um, Now, some people will say, well, the defense, this is Saban's worst defense in over a decade. Uh, okay. Well, it's true. But here's the thing. I think what people saw that game against Georgia where they were kind of getting beaten, that was before Halloween. And in seven of the last eight games, they've only allowed 17 points or less. So when you say it's one of their worst defenses in 10 years, the, the, the bar is pretty high. Just think about game preparation. Is anybody more meticulous than Saban? You know, it's funny. You ever watch that documentary with him and Belichick hanging out in their house? And they coached together in Cleveland. Uh, Saban was the coordinator to Belichick at that time. But once Saban kind of joined that offensive revolution a few years ago, they just have been rolling. And I think that you know Ohio State. Running back Trey Sermon is he going to have an answer for him? Yeah, he will. There's there's always a kind of an era of inscrutability around Saban. You know, he's he's a beehive of analysts and assistants breaking down games. He there's stories of him calling up former players and coaches and network friends and insiders. Anything he can get a key on. I mean, it's true. Uh, he just preps the hell out of it. So why would you bet against them? Well, if you're a believer in uh, the Buckeyes, first of all, the number one thing is Justin Fields' health. I mean, he, he hurt his thumb against Northwestern, against Clemson. As I mentioned, it was the ribs, the bumps and bruises. Is he going to be all right? Uh, how are the offensive line going to keep defenses away from him and then keep defenses on their, ho- on their heels as well? if you're worried about him throwing, then that opens things up for Trey Sermon. Sermon on the mount. But the other aspect, I think, of Fields' mobility that might be keeping up Saban at night is how he just evades pressure. and He just extends plays. And the funny thing is, is the first time I saw Justin Fields, I kind of thought he was a little guy because he was so nimble. And then I read he's 6'3", 230. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> he can throw. It's It's not... He doesn't have a beautiful arm. You know, he doesn't really rocket the ball around. But he finds open receivers. Now, as I mentioned, Trey Sherman, the tailback. he, He should be fresh. His rushing attempts through the first five games. Look at this. 11, 13, 12, 9, and 10. And you'd say he only had 10 carries. Well, think about Michigan State. He had 10 carries for 112 yards. What do, you, what do you need that for? The only time he was bell cowed, I think, was that Northwestern game. He carried it 31 times. Um, but this is a guy, not this season, but last season, had that knee injury and in, was knocked out, so he's going to be just champing at the bit. And the Alabama Defe- the defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, he, what he pointed out about Sermon, is that his strength has just been understanding the blocking structure up front. Now, <clears throat> to me, there's, there are two ways to run the ball. You just run where you're supposed to, or you begin to run where you're supposed to, and then you react. Like, for me, the times that I ever, and I never carried a ball in college, but the times I carried a ball in high school, my philosophy was, I'm gonna hit that hole as fast, I'm gonna pretend like I'm running downhill. And that's the play, and that's the play designed. It never occurred to me that I would take a look, and if there was a linebacker standing there, I might go someplace else. (laughs) I was following orders. But it's funny that Golding talked about understanding the blocking structure. Now, that might be sometimes you got to take a jab step on a trap because you have to get a little misdirection. You have to allow your offensive line to trap, and that takes a half a beat. But that's the sink that they're in right now. Like, you wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, that that elite run defense to make Alabama one-dimensional is that that's what Ohio State has. I mean, they just don't allow people to run the ball. They are number two in the country when it comes to that. Something for Najee Harris of the Crimson Tide to figure out. I mean, Dabo Swinney after the loss pointed out that halftime, that they just couldn't run the ball at all. And so for the second half, you had Trevor Lawrence uh, passing for 400 yards, but only two touchdowns and 48 attempts. So it's not like, now you think Ohio State, you think, oh my gosh, Chase Young, Nick Bosa. uh, They don't really have those type of edge rushers this year. It's mostly guys like Haskell Garrett and on the inside. And so, I mean, we'll see. If you, if you think about Devontae Smith, if he can get going, he's probably going to go up against Sean Wade. And I'm kind of stained on Ohio State DBs from Damon Arnett and Gary Conley and some of these other guys. But Sean Wade is the guy, you know, and, and he is going to be another high NFL draft pick. And um, he said, you already know who I want to go up against at the end of the day. Devontae is a very great player, quick and shifty and fast. You see it on his highlights. He can do everything in the book as a receiver. And just really looking forward to a matchup at the end of the day. Well, it might be all day long as well. But, I mean... You could say Ohio State beat Clemson because they were juiced at Dabo Swinney, ranked them 11th. That's bulletin board material, but that's not going to win you a football game. They're just good because they're good. Um, But when you look at Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, they're all going to be first or second round picks. And Ohio State's going to have some, too. I just think Alabama's going to be a little bit too strong and normally I would root for Ohio State because that was a, a team I liked as a little kid. And the only reason I like Alabama is two reasons, Ken Stabler and uh, Najee Harris. And it would be cool to see him win a national championship and maybe even be MVP of the game. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to cry either way, but I think I'll be pulling a little bit. for so the Alabama Crimson Tide, and who Nelly, it's something special on ABC Sports. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Podcast.
1: That's 800-410-4771
9: You must be crazy. Use a DOG And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
4: Thank you for that. You know, I was watching the Washington playoff game, and they were showing that they spent first-round pick on a defensive lineman four years in a row. Only the second team to ever do that. But that was one of the reasons why Washington defense is so good, you know, with Young and Sweat and the other guys. And I was just thinking about how bad Cleveland Farrell is. And normally I don't do a poll on Twitter because it's basically, I need attention. But I was just curious. So I was watching the game and I just threw it out there to the Raider Nation. I said, hey, would you trade him right now for a third-round pick, Cleland Ferrell?" And my choices were, yes, he's a bust, or no, he'll improve. And so it lasts 24 hours uh, 175 votes 46 per say yes yes he's a bus 54 percent say no he'll improve now if you're asking me what I would have picked <clears throat> I would have picked no uh, not so much he'll improve but no because the Raiders had three first-round picks last year and they are all basically nothing the first one they picked was a guy that was traded before camp started to Miami the second one, Brian Edwards, is a guy who's a big, tall receiver but had a handful of catches and is basically the fifth-string wide receiver. And then the other guy is a safety-slash-linebacker named uh, Tanner Muse from Clemson who didn't play the whole year because he was hurt. So <laughs> what's the big deal about a third-round pick right now? So if there was a third choice I'd do for myself would be he's a bust but hold on to him one more year. But anyway, an interesting thing, almost half. I mean, still, if this was an election, no, he'll improve, would be the winner. But it was close. Almost half out of 175 people who hit my little Twitter poll said, uh, trade him right now. He's a bust for a third-round pick. All right. um, Maybe that'll light a fighter under. But I'm Rick Tittle. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. It'll be 9 a.m. city.